When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's more money with leading economist Steve Moore. Stephen Moore is with us, economist. With more than 30 years' experience as an economist and as a leading thinker of government on business, showing deep understanding of the shifts in the global economy. He's leading economist Steve Moore with more money on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now, here's your host, Steve Moore. Welcome, folks. This is Steve Moore. This is the More Money Show. We are on WABC Talk Radio every Saturday afternoon at 1 p.m. Thanks so much for joining. I know uh, that we have a lot of regular listeners because our ratings are very good. So thank you so much for tuning in on this midsummer Saturday afternoon. I hope everybody's having a great, great summer. Uh, let me start by saying this. You know, I, I don't. I guess I don't hate saying this, but. Uh, I hate to say it, but I told you so. I told you so. I've been saying this for nine months, that inflation is out of control because of Biden's massive spending, uh, taxing, regulating, and socializing uh, policies. And the numbers that came in, as you all know by now, are getting worse. They're not, you know, it's amazing when you think of the narrative of the Biden administration over the last year on inflation. First, about a year ago, when we first saw some uh, hints of inflation rising, they said, inflation, there's no inflation. This is a figment of the imagination of the people on the right. They, the people who hate me. That's, they're just making this up. There's no inflation. And then when the inflation got to 6 or 7%, and it was undeniable we had inflation, then they said, it's temporary. It's transitory. It's going away. And then when it got a little worse, they said, oh, it's just a, a high-class problem. Remember that? Just a problem about the rich people. They're the people who are affected by inflation, not not working class people, not low income people, which, by the way, is exactly the reverse of the truth. And uh, and then, of course, they said the inflation has peaked. And then they started blaming the, um, the higher uh, energy prices and the higher inflation of food prices on everybody from grocery store owners to I love this one, the gas station attendants. I love the cartoon, by the way, uh, with the Joe Biden. Uh, driving up to a to a uh, store and he's yelling at the uh, attendant there saying how dare you raise your gas prices you're hurting our consumers and the guy behind the counter says uh, sir this is a wendy's uh so <laughs> i love that one by the way uh so now they are saying it's putin's fault it's trump's fault it's someone else's fault and the bottom line is we have an economy right now unfortunately that has derailed it's derailed. We have a stock market that has lost $10 trillion this year, $10 trillion. That affects every single one of us, everyone who has a retirement account, everyone who owns stocks, everyone who has a 401k plan. We are all negatively affected by this huge sell-off in the stock market that we've seen this year. It's one of the worst sell-offs we've seen um, in the first half of any year for 40 years. So, Really, really troubling on that. The jobs market is still pretty strong, but I'm worried about that. A new study came out this week, folks, on small businesses that found that uh, small businesses are as um, lacking in confidence in the American economy and uh, worried about where this economy is headed at any times in 40 years. So our small business sector is in a lot of trouble. And then, of course, there are the polls that show those of us, just average Americans, like all of us, 82% of us now think the economy is headed in the wrong direction. And you know what? 82% of Americans are right about that. I, I want to talk to people who actually think the economy is going in the right direction because right now I got to tell you, it is, it is looking incredibly grim. Now, where do we go from here? Well, I, you know, I, one of the things I'm amazed about is – What's going to happen with the Democratic Party? If you watch uh, 
Joe Biden this week. And I'm, I'm not trying to be this like a smart ass or anything like that. I, I'm actually concerned about our president. He doesn't seem to be he seems to be fading. He seems to be fading as president. Uh, he kind of fades. So he has good days and bad days. He didn't perform at all well in the Middle East. Um, he didn't seem to sometimes even know where he was, who he was talking to. Sometimes he sounds very lucid and other times not so much. Um, you know, we're a $22 trillion economy. We have a, a president who's just, let's face it, he's too old and, and, and you know, to do this job. I mean, it's that simple. He's just, it's, it's and, and I'm 62 and I, I sometimes become forgetful and so on. And so and it's, it's not, isn't it interesting that Joe Biden and uh, Donald Trump are about the same age. I don't. I'm going to have to look this up, but they're roughly the same age. And uh, you know, whether you like Trump or not, he's a lot more mentally active than Joe Biden is. So a lot of troubles for this country right now. Now, I'm really excited about today's show, folks, because I have David Sokol coming on, who is one of the top business minds in our country. He's an extraordinarily successful investor. Um, has has um, made a lot of money in the investment markets and in his businesses, and he has a really great new book out about uh, how do we rescue America and rescue the American dream, and I'll have him talking about that at the bottom of the hour. And then towards the end of the show, I'm going to take uh, three or four calls from you all because I want you to – because the, the issue of the day is how do we restore the American dream because it's under assault right now. Now, I've got a couple more minutes left. I want to make a couple of quick points. Number one, I hope all my listeners are getting the um, Committee to Unleash Prosperity hotline. It comes out five mornings a week, and I'm not selling anybody anything. This is free. It costs you nothing. Uh, we put out, we get about 100,000 people who get it now, so we're really proud of that. And it's very popular. Newt Gingrich says it's the first thing he reads. Rand Paul uh, it uses a lot of the ideas that he finds in the hotline for his legislation. You can read this, by the way, in five or six minutes. It's a quick read. It's five bullet items every morning. All you have to do is just give us your your email, and we'll send it to you, and it's free. It doesn't, it doesn't cost anything. If you don't like it, just uh, unsubscribe, and we'll stop sending it to you. But I think you will like it, uh, and it covers the economy. It covers what's going on with the politics a little bit. We have a little humor in there. And I think uh, I think it's something you will all enjoy. Uh, so go to Committee to Unleash Prosperity uh, website and just sign up for that. But you'll also find our new study that uh, has gotten a tremendous amount of attention that uh, almost no one in the Biden administration has any business experience. Um, I was talking about this earlier on uh, WABC with with uh, with Larry Kudlow, but. One of the reasons the economy is in such bad shape, in my opinion, it's not just an ideology that is pro-government, which is wrong, but that's where they are. They're, we are fighting big government socialism right now. But it's also that they, this um, hatred of business means that they don't have anybody from business in the administration. We're very few. The majority of the people who have high-level positions in this administration have zero business experience. Now, let me clarify that. I'm not saying they don't um, – they've never run a business. I'm saying they've never even worked for a business. These are the kind of people you wouldn't want to hire to run a lemonade stand or a dry cleaner. In fact, I was saying earlier on Larry's show that, you know, I'd take the dry cleaner down the street to run our economy more than I would half of these people in the Biden administration who actually hate business. They don't know anything about business. And I think this explains a lot about why we're in the trouble we are in right now. I am, you know, I'm not worried about myself. I really am not. I'm 62 years old. I've had a great life. I've had a good career. I'm not rich, but I've done pretty well. Um, and I, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I've got enough savings and so on. I'm terribly, terribly concerned about my kids. My friend was saying the other day, I'm concerned about my grandkids. I said, I'm not concerned about my grandkids. I'm worried about my kids. I don't know what the next 20, 30 years is going to look like. And I'm not talking about climate change and all these other things. We, we can solve those problems. I'm, tar I'm concerned about the rot in our government and the political bias against the free enterprise system. It's, it, it's like we're, we're slaying the geese that lay the golden eggs. Why are we doing that, folks? Why are we doing that? Why are we attacking our businesses? Why are we attacking the employers in this country? Why does Joe Biden want a half trillion dollar increase in tax on small businesses? Come on, the heroes of this economy, 
This is one of the themes of the More Money Show. The reason we have jobs, the reason we have prosperity, the reasons that we have food on the shelves and, uh, you know, oil in our gas tanks is because of small businessmen and women who hire 65 percent of the people in this country. Did you know that? Two out of three workers in America don't work for big corporations. They work for small businesses. Why are we attacking small businesses? Look, I'm fine with our big business, too. I want Apple and Amazon and our, uh, you know, FedEx and, and General Electric and General Motors to do well. But I also want our small businesses to thrive. And when they're under assault every single day from government and government officials who have no idea how to do anything except complain, uh, you know, they're academics and they're lawyers and they're government officials and they're community organizers. But what have they ever done for our country? What have they ever done? Uh, when I talk to young people, I always make the case because I give a lot of talks on college campuses and sometimes to high school students. And I say, you know, that one of the most virtuous things you can do if you care about your fellow man, and we all do. I know everybody listening to this show does. You really want to help your fellow man go out and start a business and employ people. And, you know, you employ 100 people, you're taking care of the families of 100 people. You're providing them with the, with the income so they can take care of their families and their kids. Why do we demonize businesses? This is America. <laughs> we believe in business. As, as uh, I think it was Calvin Coolidge said, the business of America is business. And, and that is so true. And we're moving away from that. And that's why I can't listen, wait to listen to David Sokol. He's going to be on the bottom of the hour in, a, in an exclusive interview. And I think you're going to find it fascinating. This is a very smart guy. And he'll also tell you how you can make some money as well. But in the meantime, we are going to listen to uh, Ryan and Bob Payne, two of the best in the business about the financial situation. So we'll take a quick break, be back with uh, Bob and Ryan Payne. And then at the bottom of the hour, we will hear from David Sokol. And at the end of the hour, I will take your calls, 1-800-848-9222, one 848 Sorry. Let me say that again. 1-800-848-9222 is the More Money Hotline. Thanks for listening, folks. We will be right back in one minute. W-A-B-C. Hey, it's Ryan Payne and Bob Payne from Payne Capital Management. Of course, that's P-A-Y-N-E here on More Money, talking about the economy, the markets, your plan for financial independence. And man, oh, man, Bob, there's not a dull week this summer when it comes to, like you like to call, the street of dreams. There's just a lot going on, and not all of it's positive. Well, you know, Rod, this year it hasn't been the street of dreams. It's been a nightmare. Um, we've had seven or eight headlines that just seem to just keep coming back and smacking the market in the face. First, we're worried about hyperinflation. Now we're worried about growth. Now we're worried about earnings going down. Now we're worried about a recession. Meanwhile, we've got the leader of the largest bank in the country telling us that he's never seen business credit better in our lifetimes, and he doesn't see any signs of recession, but he's going to prepare for one anyway. <laughs> yeah, he says there could be some clouds on the horizon or a hurricane coming. Could be is the operative word there, but we don't know if that's going to actually happen, and that's what it seems like right now. It's more of this anticipation of what could happen now what actually is going to happen, and those headlines make you believe like this is exactly what's going to happen no matter what. We're going into a recession. It's never going to be good again. Uh, you know, Jupiter is going to collide into Mars, as you like to say, Bob. And the reality of it is, like, here you are. You have one of the, like, you're, to your point, banks are a great litmus test for what's going on in the economy. You have probably one of the best, I would say, chief executives in the entire country, Jamie Dimon, telling you that the consumer's in great shape, and as we know, who runs the U.S. economy? The consumer. Yeah, I mean, we just had the uh, PMI numbers come in above 50, which shows expansion. Jolt's report came out with 11 million job openings, right? Still, you know, two jobs for every seeker of a job. Payrolls are coming in hot. Your wages are going up. Unemployment numbers are 3.6%, right? We have all this good news, and the market keeps going down. Now, the good news are really about that is valuations are very attractive right now. If you're an investor, you know, it's hard, right? You want to sit there and you want to wait for all the fear to go away. But if you wait for all the fear to go away, you lose all your opportunity. Yeah, and that's that's the, the cruelty of markets, uh, have you. And you like to say this too, Bob. I'm just quoting all your, your Bobisms today, is you can't get good prices 
with good news. <laughs> so, and believe me, we have lots of bad news, um, and or at least headlines that are bad. And, and you're right. At this point, we have to start thinking about, and again, we think about building financial independence plans and trying to make sure that that you can basically live off your portfolio and not have to work. You have to start thinking long term here, and you have to start thinking about things like cash flow, income. And we're probably seeing some of the best opportunities for income to build your portfolio that we've ever seen in our career, I'd say, right now. Yeah, I mean, you're getting a really great yield just on two- and three-year insured paper. Municipal bonds are very attractive for our clients. You're in a high tax bracket both on a federal and state level. We're seeing yields we haven't seen in a couple of years. Um, So that puts you in a position where, you know, you're getting half of your income and half of your return from your portfolios come from income that's going to get you to your goals. I mean, investing is not about having bragging rights at a cocktail party, right? It's about achieving your financial goals, being able to be financially independent. Yeah, and, and look, I mean, we had huge inflation numbers this week, right? They came in hotter than expected. We're over 9% on the consumer price index, uh, the highest level since 1981. And then we had the producer price index come out the next day. That's your wholesale inflation number. That was up almost at 11%. So inflation is real, and now you and I have talked about this a lot. We do think it is going to come down later this year because we've seen commodity prices start to come down. They've started to ease, and that number is backwards, and the Biden administration loves to tell you that it was backwards. But the reality of it is cost of living is a lot higher than it used to be, and it's probably going to stay higher. And you've got to account for that. Sitting in cash, Bob, we talk about this all the time, it's not a plan. I'm looking at the highest money market rates in the country right now pay 1%. You can't get your goals earning 1% in a money market fund. It doesn't work. Yeah, meanwhile, we're, we're hearing about how dire things are, but every company that I follow um, <laughs> that has been paying dividends for the last 30, 40, 50, 60 years, consecutive increases, right? They're all increasing their dividends again this year. Um, and very rarely do you have an economic event where dividends are eliminated or actually go down. I mean, even in a recession. So you, the whole idea is to take advantage of the opportunities. And I, you know, one of my favorite Bobisms is don't invest in the market you want. Invest in the market you have. And the opportunities now are you're not going to be disappointed, you know, another year or two down the road. Well, that, that's a really good point, too. And when it comes to income, right, you need your income to increase over time because the big buzzkill is whatever you need today, if you're looking to retire today, whatever that income gap is that you have to fill – well, those numbers are going to continually go up over time because of inflation. I and mean, we, we talk about this a lot, but mm-hmm. every million dollars you have today is only worth a half a million dollars over the next 20 years. So you've got to account for that in your portfolio. You've got to account for an income plan that adjusts over time with the cost of living. And this is problematic, right, when you have those annuities where you get an income for life. You get those income streams where it's the same amount of money every year. Well, your cost of living is going higher that amounts the same that's going into your bank account. Like these are financial issues that you have or need to be addressed because if it's not accounting for inflation, that income plan, it's a flawed income plan. You don't want a flawed income plan going into retirement. No, it's absolutely the time to really evaluate. Do you have a portfolio that's built to hedge against inflation? Now, inflation is making headlines now, right? But you know, every meeting we have had with our clients over the last 40, 50 years, We've always talked about that insidious hidden tax, whether it's at 2% or 3%. That means the cost of living is going to double every 15, 20 years. This inflation that we're living with now, if it doesn't come down, your cost of living is going to double every 10 years. You can't afford to sit there with the investments of yesterday, right? You have to wake up to the fact that you need a portfolio that's built to hedge inflation, increase your income. Because I don't know about you, right? Why would anybody want to go back to work because they made bad investment decisions? (laughs) That sounds like a very bad, bad financial plan, Bob, from where I'm standing. Uh, you know, the other thing to think about right now, too, is, look, we know the headlines are dire, and, and it's a hard time to make investment decisions. And, you know, you're hearing a lot of things. You're hearing a lot of talk about stagflation going back to the 70s where, yeah, wages went up, but the cost of goods went up more uh, than the actual wages were going up. And we're seeing that right now. But, you know, if we look at our, if we're reading the tea leaves, Bob, which we try to do, um, you know, we are starting to see that inflation should come down and the labor market should stay strong. So if that's the case, you know, at some point we're going to weather the storm and we're going to be in much sunnier pastures probably sooner than later. So you got to start thinking now about what the world's going to look like in six months, 12 months. And if you start looking at it, you know, things aren't as bad as the, the headlines are telling you. 
Now, and if you look back in the history of the return of your portfolio, you get the best returns when you're investing when the market's going down. In other words, bear market moves are the best time to invest because they're ultimately followed by a bull market move. And expansions, Ryan, I don't know if everybody knows this or not, but expansions last three to four times longer than recessions. And stocks are generally way above where they are at the lows once we recognize we're in a recession and also long before the recession's over. We don't even know if we're going to have a recession now. Well, that's the other part. It's a great point. It's not even confirmed. It's not a foregone conclusion that we're actually in a recession or going into a recession. So, you know, you really got to predicate your plan on what your goals are going to be. You want to win the war, not the battle. So if you're thinking to yourself right now, like, I have no idea what's going on with my portfolio. I get hit hard in the last couple of months as markets have sold off, or you've just been sitting in cash, paralysis by analysis. Well, here's your shot. We have 10 slots open for this show. If you've saved over a million dollars for retirement, Bob and I will run for your total financial master plan. We'll do that with no obligation or cost. It's a full holistic review. There's no other firm out there that will actually do this work up front. We literally go through every investment that you own. In fact, we're going to go as far as build you your own personalized financial portal to give you a bird's eye view of your entire financial life. And we're going to hone in on every single financial issue you need to address today. No more procrastination. We're going to talk about that income plan. We're going to address it. We're going to look to make sure you have an income plan for retirement. How do you take Social Security? Well, there's hundreds of ways to take Social Security. Only one right right way for you. We're going to show you how to optimize your Social Security, and we're going to build a full income plan that factors in inflation. As cost of living goes up, your income plan has to, too. Bob and I are going to put together that full income plan for you. We're going to look at fees and taxes. Portfolios on Wall Street are filled with hidden fees that you can't see. We're going to go through every investment. We're going to show you exactly where those hidden costs are and those annuities, mutual funds, brokerage products, insurance products, show you how to reduce all the costs on your portfolio, specifically those internal costs you don't see, and optimize your portfolio for taxes. It's not what you make, it's what you take. We're going to give you our complete tax game plan to make sure you're optimizing your financial life for taxes And we're going to look at diversification. Again, are you getting hit hard here with market selling off? Are you sitting with too much cash? Do you need a game plan? We're going to put together a full investment game plan, show you how to grow your money, but most importantly, protect it. Over the rest of your life, we have 10 slots if you've saved over a million dollars for retirement. All you have to do is text or call 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. Or just simply call 844 plan NYC, that's 844-PLANNYC. If you're one of our next 10 callers, you've saved over a million dollars for your retirement. Our team of financial advisors and certified financial planners will help you to create your own unique total financial master plan. Now, there's no obligation and there's no cost, but you won't have a plan if you don't text or call 844-752-6692. That's 844 844- 752-6692, or just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. So, Bob, you know, you and I at our firm, Payne Capital Management, of course, that's P-A-Y-N-E, and we manage over a 1,000 relationships, a 1,000 families, and give guidance on essentially just making sure that our clients are financially independent. And we probably do... I would say more volume than probably almost any other firm in the country. We probably review almost 50 portfolios a month. And the reality of it is we see everything. We know exactly what every firm out there is pitching. We know all the pitfalls, the trials and tribulations of, of what to invest and not to invest in. We're up to date on those. And, you know, our firm worked on a case this past month. I thought we could discuss. It's just a very, very typical. It's a couple uh, very close to retirement, we did our full total financial master plan. I thought we just discussed some of the some of the investment decisions they were make that weren't right, and how we helped them get on their path to financial independence. You know, one thing you do learn about everyone is that time flies, uh, whether you're having fun or not, or whether you're invested <laughs> properly or not. And you know, most of us start investing in our 20s and 30s, and we start accumulating wealth. Um, and we forget that one day we have to distribute that wealth. And fortunately, this uh, new client that just came to us uh, recognized with three years to go in retirement that they might not be in the right position, you know, to capitalize uh, on their portfolio. And it wasn't uh, wasn't a shock to us, right, because we're seeing this every week. 
Right, because you don't, you see this transition you need to make from what we call that wealth accumulation portfolio to a wealth distribution portfolio. And a lot of times, maybe you're working with a broker you've worked with for 20 years. That was great when you're in your 30s and 40s, just, you know, socking money away. And you didn't care if the market went up or down because you're just putting more money away. You're in your peak earning years. But when you start to look at now I have to be dependent on my portfolio, which is extremely daunting, you can't afford the same risks and you need a different type of advice. So the first thing you have to ask yourself is, are you getting advice for wealth distribution? Are you still getting advice for wealth accumulation? And this couple specifically still had a very aggressive portfolio, even though now they were going to start living off their portfolio. This is very problematic. Yeah, see, it's, it's time to come out of the casino uh, before you retire, right? Because you have these advisors who are like, well, what, what's what, what's so wrong with having all that money in tech stock? It's going up. Let it roll. You know, they think it's a casino. Yeah. You're, you're at a craps table rolling dice um, because, you know, when you have growth stocks, they don't pay any dividends, right? If you don't have bonds in your portfolio that give you protection on the downside, which a lot of you are learning about right now, you know, you, you need to have bonds that have – coupons and maturity dates and high quality, you can't let your portfolio be stuck in these bond funds. And in this case, right, we had a client with 13 different accounts with 270 <laughs> different holdings. Um, I don't know, you yeah. know, you and I love financials. We love the financial markets, right? We study it all day long. We know our portfolios like the back of our head. But can you imagine if we were not in this business and we came home every night and said, Hey honey, let's get out our 270 <laughs> holdings and do some in-depth research. I mean, what yeah, a buzzkill. Well, here's, here's the insane part. They have 13 different accounts, 270 different holdings, and you think they would be diversified, right? I have lots of different accounts, lots of different investments, but this is why we put everything on one spreadsheet so you can see how everything overlaps or doesn't overlap. Even though they had all these different accounts and different investments, they were all ironically invested in the same area. And no surprise, it was in growth. It was in tech. And of course, all of that did really well the last 10 years. But unfortunately, with this big market sell-off, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. That part of the market is getting hit the hardest. Hence, their portfolio is getting a huge, huge sell-off right now. It has a huge decline because they didn't realize that they weren't properly diversified and they thought they were. And how many of us are guilty of this? Well, you know, when we look at a portfolio, you need to have four legs of a stool. And when you have a stool with one leg, right, all you do is fall down. And there's no surprise to me that, you know, they're, they're, they're having sticker shock when they're getting their statements right now. But the biggest issue is that most of you are taking way more risks than necessary to achieve your lifetime goals like this client was. At least they accumulated that wealth. They came to us in time to save it, and now we're in a position where they can compound, um, you know, their portfolio and achieve every financial goal for the next 40, 50 years. Yeah, well, then it's a great point because that's the great irony is they're taking all this risk, but once we ran the financial projections, and every one of you should do this, is we found in this case they didn't need a lot of risk. They didn't need a big return on their money. They could get away with a very conservative <clears throat> portfolio, and that's the question you have to ask yourself is – why take more risk than I have to, right? Is it worth trying to get a little more upside that you probably don't need because you have a certain amount you're probably going to spend every year? Why make your portfolio more volatile? Why make these times when markets are selling off dramatically more painful by having a more aggressive portfolio when you don't need it? Retirement's about peace of mind. Build a portfolio with peace of mind in mind. Well, that's what happens, right? You know, I... I talk to investors all the time. They say, I don't mind volatility. What they really mean, it doesn't bother me when my portfolio goes up. The volatility I really don't like is the downside volatility. And, you know, a lot of investors said, I can handle this cryptocurrency until it was down 80%. And suddenly, maybe that's not such a great idea. So risk is something we recognize in hindsight. The beauty of our strategy and our tools is that we get to reveal and, you know, and uncover all this risk in your portfolio they're not aware of, you don't want to find out when it's too late because then there's not a lot you can do. Yeah. And I think right now, just don't put your head in the sand, right? I mean, this is an important time because even if your portfolio is down, you're thinking, I'm just not going to look at my portfolio. There's a lot of proactive moves you can make because the tide's going to rise again. 
and you want to be better positioned when it does because whatever was the leadership the last 10 years, whatever worked the last 10 years, it's probably going to be a different portfolio the next 10 years. So make those adjustments now. You can do tax swaps on your portfolio if you have positions that are down. You can use those for taxes. Right? We love optimizing for taxes. You can better diversify right now because now we have higher inflation. We have a Fed that's not as friendly as it used to be. So you're getting more tight financial conditions. You've got to reposition your portfolio for all those things. It's not too late, but be proactive, not reactive. And we're down to literally like five slots left. So if you want to get a review where you finally get to look at, okay, this is the things I need to be doing and addressing right now, give us a call or text right now. We literally have five slots left. If you have over a million dollars saved for retirement, we'll run our total financial master plan. We'll do it with no obligation or cost. There's not a firm out there that will do all this work up front. We're going to go through every investment you own. We're going to go as far as building you your own personalized financial portal give you a bird's eye view of your entire financial life. We're going to hone in on every issue you've got to address today. We're going to build that income plan. How do you draw Social Security? How are you going to draw from your portfolio when that paycheck ends? How do you do it in factor in inflation? Cost of living is going up. Well, we're going to give you a comprehensive income plan so you don't run out of money. We're going to look at fees and taxes. Wall Street just loves to sell you products that have high fees and are very tax inefficient. We're going to look at those annuities, mutual funds, brokerage products, insurance products you've been sold. We're going to go through every single one of them, show where all the hidden costs are, and show you how to optimize your portfolio for taxes. We're going to give you our full tax playbook. It's not what you make. It's what you take. And we're going to look at diversification. Are you getting hit hard now? Are you over-concentrated in the wrong parts of the market that are getting sold off heavily? Or are you sitting in cash, earning nothing, paralysis by analysis, not figuring not knowing when to get into the markets, get out of the markets, get invested. We're going to put together a full diversified investment game plan, show you how to grow your money, but most importantly, protect it over the rest of your life. We literally have five slots left if you have over a million dollars saved for retirement. All you have to do is text or call 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692, or just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844 844- P-L-A-N-N-Y-C. If you're one of our next five callers, you've saved over a million dollars for your retirement. Our team of financial advisors and certified financial planners will help you to create your own unique total financial master plan. Now, there's no obligation. There's no cost, no strings attached. you got to start planning now. It's time to stop procrastinating. Give us a call, 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. Or just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. Hey, if you want to learn more about myself and Bob and our firm, Pain Capital Management, P-A-Y-N-E, simply go to bebullish.com. That's bebullish.com. You can check out our podcast, Pain Points of Wealth. Of course, P-A-Y-N-E. Learn more about our firm. That's it for this week's Pain Insights. Stay tuned. We got more, more money coming your way. If you're suffering from ED, you're not alone. 60% of men over 60 have this problem. Help is out there. The professionals at Elevate Wellness can help you be the man you used to be. They've helped thousands of patients and have a 96% success rate. What are you waiting for? Call 973-354-2276. 973-354-2276. Your first visit is only $99. ElevateWellnessGroup.com. Help is out there. ElevateWellnessGroup.com. Your health is important. Your sexual health is very important. And like everything else, it has challenges. As many as 50% of men over 50 have sexual-related difficulties like ED, low testosterone, and low energy. That's where they come in. Elevate Wellness has real professional and in-person solutions. Call 973-354-2276. 973-354-2276. Or visit elevatewellnessgroup.com and get back to where it started. Office visits only $99 this month. Stop. ED is no laughing matter. This can be caused from low T, high blood pressure, or diabetes. Elevate Wellness can help. 40% of men over 40 have experienced this. Make the call to Elevate Wellness now. 973-354-2276. 973-354-2276. The office visit is only $99 and includes exam, blood work, test dose, and consultation. Call Elevate Wellness. 973-354-2276. Or Elevate Wellness Group. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. 
That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. This is More Money with economist Steve Moore. Now, Steve Moore. Welcome back, folks. This is the More Money Show. Uh, I always learn so much from listening to the pain, so I hope you will take advantage of their uh, incredible offers to get some great financial assistance. I do think that they are two of the best financial analysts in in America. So it's a it's just a privilege to have them on my show every week. But I've been really excited. I've been waiting for this moment um, for uh, all, all of this week um, because my next guest is David Sokol. And this man is just a hero to me. And, and I, I've been um, reading his bio, by the way. And by the way, David, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, my pleasure, Steve. I appreciate you having me on. So uh, I was reading your bio, and it's just amazing. Uh, you know, you, you grew up in uh, – is it true you grew up in Omaha? Yeah, we're just, just outside of Omaha, on the north side of Omaha, yep. It's just – it's amazing to me how many incredibly successful people – in the financial business, <laughs> it, you know, have grown up in Nebraska. It's, I don't know what it is. There's something in the water, but, it, you know, uh, you got Warren Buffett and you have you and the founder of uh, uh, the Ameritrade uh, is from Joe Nebraska. Ricketts. Yeah, Joe Ricketts. Joe I mean, it's just amazing. So, and you're, you've been one of my heroes. And I, I, by the way, I was also reading, and tell me if I'm right about this, that you're a member of the Horatio Alger Society. Uh, that's correct. Yeah, yeah. I became a member in 2004. It was a real yeah, honor. So that's incredible. So you know, these the, you all know the story of Horatio Alger. The people who really grew up with very little and became very successful in life, and that's the whole American dream story. And so, David, first of all, congratulations on your new book that just came out with uh, my friend Adam Brandon called "America in Perspective." And as I have read just the first parts of it, it's really about how we can get back to restoring the American dream that you were able to take advantage of and, and you're uh, emblematic of the American dream in America. So why don't you start by telling us, and, and incidentally, folks, we'll be taking your calls at the very end of the hour. So that um, more money hotline number is 1-800-848-9222. I'm going to try to persuade David to stay on so you can actually ask him some questions about how do we get the American dream restored? Cause that's what this country is all about. But, Tell us, David, what you think the condition uh, – in other words, let me put it like this. Do you think that kids today have the same opportunities that you did you know, when you became successful? Yeah, it's a great question. It really leads, Steve, to why Adam and I wrote the book. Um, I think the answer is yes. I think the American dream is still alive and well, and America right. is an exceptional, an exceptional place. However, uh-huh. we're heading in the wrong direction. Yeah, and uh, and that's that's really why we wrote the book is to try and get people to recognize and step back and think about how did America become so exceptional? Why did it? And how do we get back to those basic uh, and and frankly very straightforward principles that our founding fathers laid out? And so tell tell us if you would wouldn't mind how, how did you do it? Uh, what what do you think are some of the keys? To your success, you built you know successful businesses. You've been an incredibly successful investor. Um, what would you tell young? I mean, what do you tell young people about how how to pursue the American dream? You know, just set, set your sights on your dream. You know, in my case, yeah. to be honest, my my goal was you know I came from a lower income rural family in Nebraska. My goal was to get my salary at some point above my age. And I know that sounds <laughs> right. like a pretty simple <laughs> dream. <laughs> Right. But back, but back in in the early '70s, and that that was that was a lot. And uh, but by following that and chasing, uh, you know, a good education, putting myself through school, and and you know, a lot of people helping me along the way, I had the opportunity in 1983 to to start my first company, um, and and had no money. Uh, just had. What was to, that? What was, sorry, David. What was that company that you first started? It was a waste waste energy company called Ogden Martin Systems. And, uh-huh. It used used a German technology and and uh, started out with just myself and an assistant. And uh, when wow. I sold my interest in the company uh, eight years later, it had twelve hundred employees and and, and wow. uh, was publicly traded in a billion dollar company. 
how do you, how did you get the how did you get the capital to start the the business? Um, was able to get contracts signed to take the garbage from municipalities, and by using wow. those contracts, and because we were an environmental um, company cleaning up, mm-hmm. uh, you know, landfills and that, we were able to right. use tax exempt revenue bonds, and uh, wow. and then shared the profits back with the communities, and uh, it really worked out terrific. There were we ended up with 19 of those plants around the country, and um, wow. Frankly, they should still be rebuilt today. Um, unfortunately, uh, yeah. the environmental movement um, discontinued the emphasis on waste energy and moved it towards recycling. And the, frankly, you need both. But but again, you it's, it's uh, yeah. But America, you know, no one ever told me I couldn't do it. No one ever right. ever tried to get in my way. It was just if you're willing to work hard enough. And that's you know that's the issue. That's the American dream. And you know it's it, it's interesting, Steve, when you think about it. There's no China dream. There's no Russia dream. There's no right, Europe exactly. dream. Right. There's only right. the American dream, and there's a reason for that. And what is that? Well, it's a meritocracy. We have a capitalistic meritocracy that our right. founding fathers set up. And, and, it, and while a meritocracy does have some drawbacks, um, it is the best system ever devised. And we have a government of the people and by the people, at least we used to. And and those two things together unleash un, untold amounts of human capital and allow people to become artists and, and uh, economists and, and business people right. and all right. different things. Um, and it doesn't matter, you know, what your, your sexual orientation is, your gender, your your uh, race, uh, religion. If you're willing to work hard in America, you can get there. And it's proven every day. So, David, did you um, – I've, I've been lucky in my life, not not as um, successful as you have been, but I've been fortunate in my life because I've – and when I look back at, you know, how I was able to succeed in my career, um, I really can point to about three or four um, mentors that I've had that have really had a profound impact on my life and set me on the right direction. Um, I wonder if you've had mentors like that that have, have had a meaningful part of your success i did it started with my father who who was you know uh, only a high school education but believed deeply his, his parents came from poland in the early 1900s and he, he no one believed in the american dream more than my father did and he insisted wow. that his kids take now, advantage how, how many brothers and sisters do you have four four oh wow okay and, uh, where are you in the birth yeah, order i'm the youngest and oh, okay. uh, all of them you know all of them very successful and they're different uh-huh. two of them were teachers one one runs a ranch and one was a, a professor at the university in engineering and uh, wow and so so my dad was a huge mentor and just in the sense that you know he, yeah. he didn't take no for an answer if you wanted to go right. after it you had to go go do it and then yeah. a, a boss I had uh, right after I got out of college was tremendously influential in, in helping uh, guide me not to be scared of taking risks right and uh, and, and then several. You know, several thereafter, Walter Scott, who was the CEO of the Kiewit Companies, and Dennis Washington, and uh, a number of other successful business people were kind enough to, to help me along the way. Now, did you uh, do you know Warren Buffett? Are you friends with him? What's your relationship with him? Because I know you worked. You work, didn't you work for Berkshire Hathaway at one point? Yeah, yeah I, I sold uh, 80% of Mid American Energy to Berkshire in 2000, and then worked for Mr. Buffett for 11 years. Um, so yeah, I worked uh, very closely with him and made several dozen acquisitions uh, during that 11-year period. And then I retired in March of 2011. Okay. And what, how, how, do you have a good relationship with Warren Buffett? You know, uh, we haven't talked since I left. He, uh, he unfortunately, um, I think, uh, uh, decided to accuse me of something when I, when I left that uh, was proven not to be true. And in fact, that he had authorized me to, to do something um, in writing, yeah. but you know, I, I had a great relationship when I was there. I, I uh-huh. you know, didn't didn't like the way it ended, um, uh, but I think I think he recognized after time that he he probably yeah. got talked into it by one of his lawyers. And right. And, uh, right. But uh, but my my business partner Greg Abel is vice chairman of Berkshire today and and runs all of the non insurance businesses. Uh, he's he, he he and I ran Mid American for for years together. Wow. And uh, he's a phenomenal guy. And so, you know, I, I respect Mr. Buffett and Berkshire and have great, great respect and, and admiration for Greg Abel. So tell me about the, you know, I'm, uh, as I said, I just started reading the book. I just got it. And I'm just fascinated by it because I do think the American dream, 
I, I'm worried about it as well. I'm, I agree with you. It's not dead by any means. We, we've lived through tough stretches. I'm worried about what's happening in Washington, D.C., frankly. Uh, and I'm worried a little bit about what's happening on college campuses and the wokeism. Uh, what are your kind of broad thoughts about where America is headed? I know that's why you wrote this book. And what kind of advice would you give our political leaders to help us get out of this ditch we're in right now on the economy? Yeah, well, you know, you you hit each of the serious points. I mean, today, only about 15 percent of the public schools in America still teach American history or civics. Wait, 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 stop, 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 stop. Say that. Wait, I can't even believe that statistic. I'm so horrified by it. Say that again, will you please? Because I want to make sure you said 15 percent, only one out of seven schools are teaching traditional American history or civics. Yeah, or, ha- or have, a, have a mandated requirement to take it between kindergarten and 12th grade. Oh, my and, God. You know, when I was a kid, it was you had to take uh, two, two years of American history in high school, and you had to take a civics class. Uh, and that's Absolutely. Why so, many of our, so many of our young people today don't even know. You, know you, you see somebody being interviewed. I saw it the other day, a young woman in New York saying, well, we just have to start electing better Supreme Court justices. Um, I mean, that's almost impossible for me to believe that someone could be a college educated person and think that we elect Supreme court justices. Yeah. Um, I wanted, I wanted to get her, get her number and call her and ask her who she voted for. But um, you know, it's, it's just, yeah. it, it, we've lost that. And, and because of that, many of our elected leaders have lost their, their view of America first and their responsibility yeah. to sustain the constitution. I think what we have to do is get back, you know, first of all, I would, I would urge the Senate, if it ends up under Republican control, which I hope it does this fall, to reestablish the filibuster under all cases to 60 votes, uh, correct the mistake that Harry Reid made in 2013. Me too. Um, yeah, our, our country was based by the founders on consensus, and we've lost that. Today we, we're, yeah. we're turning it into a tribal, you know, people trying to turn us into tribes warring against yeah. each other instead of the, mel- the melting pot we've always been. And they're doing that because they, they don't like consensus. They want to be able – the elites want to der- tell us what the answer is. Right. And, um, and then to get our economy back, we, we've got to stop this foolish spending. Uh, we've yeah. got to you know, target, target bringing the debt down over time. And we, frankly, have to get off this suicide mission on energy transition um, that we're on because the, the inflation we're feeling is, is in my view, st- uh, stroked by three things. One, one is the, the terrible way we're dealing with the energy situation in America and globally. Secondly, the excess amount of capital that government you know, has thrown at the COVID situation, which one could argue whether or not the first stimulus package under President Trump was oversized. Uh, I think it was. But there's no basis for the $2 trillion that President Biden immediately uh, asked for as soon as he got elected. That was nothing but a political uh, right. And then on top of that, a trillion dollars in an infrastructure fund that's going to be managed by someone who is entirely unqualified to do so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, well, you know, welcome it, to Washington. It, it, I mean, I don't know if you saw, David, the study that I just co-authored with that's gotten a lot of attention that none of these people in the Biden administration have any business experience at all. And so yeah. uh, they we need people like you in our cabinets and our, our, our you know agencies who know how to run things. I mean, what, David, one of the things that I find just so outrageous is, you know, I agree with you entirely about way overspending, but it's not just the amount they've spent. It's the fact that you look at these programs, David, whether it's the unemployment insurance program, whether it's Medicaid, whether it's food stamps, whether it's uh, the PPP program, massive, multi-billions of dollars of fraud, and nobody does a damn thing about it. I mean, they shrug their shoulders and act like this is a uh, cost of doing business, David. Some of these programs have twenty percent fraud rates. Yeah, no, it's, it's it's exactly right, and a big chunk of that is, you know, through most of my life, presidents tried to put the best and the brightest on their cabinet, and and this this current uh, administration, uh, and your your writing was was what really drew my attention so thoroughly to it. You know, I mean, again, I'm sure our our. Secretary of Transportation is a nice person. I don't, I don't know him. I don't have right. a reason to believe he isn't. Right. But I've seen his resume. And, you know, in, in all honesty, he has zero background 
to administer a billion-dollar project, let alone a trillion-dollar undertaking exactly. um, in the midst of this kind of, of inflation? And, you know, and, and the answer is we've got an entire cabinet of identity politics, and there's two big problems with that. Picking a cabinet secretary for the Secretary of Transportation just because he's gay, that's not a qualification. It's a state of being. Right. He has no educational background for it, no work experience for it. And then he takes the first four months off to have a child again, which I have no issue with other than you, you don't accept a cabinet post in the United States government where you're responsible for millions of employees and, and, and now trillions of dollars and take the first four months off. You just don't accept it. It's, it's really incredible. Hey, David, uh, I promised my listeners that I would take a couple of callers. Would you mind hanging out and taking some a couple of questions from our audience? Yeah, uh, I'd be happy to. I'd be happy to. Okay. Well, Mr. Producer, do we have any callers? We actually do not have any callers right now, but okay. uh, we so, encourage uh, people to call in 1-800-848-9222. And so we have time for one or two questions. But meanwhile, while we wait for that, um, I want to say this to you, David. Uh, by the way, I'm talking to David Sokol, who is an uh, entrepreneur extraordinaire, has become extreme, extremely successful in his in his business life, and he is a uh, member of the um, Horatio Alger Society, which is really cool. Those are the great Americans who've risen up, you know, truly. By the way, can I ask you a question, David? I saw this quote a few uh, months ago by um, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I don't know if you know who she is. She's the, you know, one of the more liberal members of the uh, of the uh, Democratic House. And she made this point about what is this about ra- raising yourself up from your bootstraps? You can't do that in America today. And I, I found that to be an offensive statement. And I mean, you're someone who who did, <laughs> you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. So what do you say when people say, that you can't pull yourself up from your bootstraps. Well, first of all, it's, it's ironic given that she was a, a waitress in a bar before she became a U.S. Congresswoman. Exactly. So, so the fact right. that you know that you would think she would be praising the reality of America, and not not harming it. Well, she's just part of this this progressive movement of Elizabeth Warren and others, who 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 got their piece of the American pie, but they think the way. To, to make America great in the future is for only the elites, as they call it, to, to govern our society and be able to make decisions for people like me who, are, I guess, are deplorable. And, um, and, and you know, I, I have to tell you, I couldn't think of someone less qualified to be an elite than, than, than Congresswoman Ocasio-Cortez. Right. Um, you know, her, when she was first elected, she was interviewed. And if you find that tape, uh, look at her understanding and a question she's asked about uh, the three uh, branches of government. And it, yeah. it, you, you watch it, it's like breathtaking that, that a congressperson could be that uninformed. Well, you know, you're making a point that I like I like to make a lot. I mean, I think uh, AOC is actually, I mean, she's not a, she's a, I believe she's a bright person. I think she has a good head on her shoulder. I think the problem has been She's just regurgitating all this crap that they're teaching her kids from the time they're in first grade, and she never has been exposed to the kinds of things that you that you uh, you know that you talk about in your book and what makes America great. And that gets back to your point about not teaching American history and not teaching civics. She just doesn't know this stuff because our school system failed her. No, that's right. And we've got a press that on balance doesn't ask follow-up questions that have any meaning. And I mean, when people say that they're in favor of moving in a, so, a socialist direction, um, you know, a, a reporter should say, well, tell, show me where that's worked. You know, <laughs> right. How has that worked? It's never worked. It never will work for some very fundamental and obvious reasons. But but we don't ask those questions. And we have to get back to that because she may well be a nice person, but she spouts things that are just Right. They're just wrong. And right. um, and it's unfortunate because we have way too much of that. So what kind of re- I, I saw you had made a statement this week about these abysmal inflation numbers. And um, I just wonder what uh, I, I'm very worried about our country right now, where we're at. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, I've lived through seven recessions, so I know we I always bet on America. I know we're going to come out of this, but I think things could get worse before they get better. We've got the Democrats in the Congress want to pass another 500 billion to a trillion dollar spending bill. By the way, 
um, David, with more taxes on our small businesses. I mean, how in the world is that going to create more jobs and more prosperity for this country? It's not. I mean, the the, the biggest problem we have is excess government spending, uh, yep. a totally insane energy policy. Um, and, and, you know, frankly, if, if, you know, and I will say this, by the way, thank God for Joe Manchin. <laughs> right. Um, right. Because it, it, it and it's, it's also one of the reasons why the, the Republicans and the Democrats have to reestablish the strength of the filibuster and, and get us back to consensus. But if I could give one piece of advice to the United States yeah. Congress would be to break up into committees. Each, uh, each committee take one of the administrative agencies of our government and just just try to work them back to modestly close to efficient. Spend spend one period of time resetting and 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 just focus on what we already have and get rid of the waste. Because your point earlier, you know, people don't even flinch anymore at billions of dollars of waste, and that's yeah. insane. Uh, particularly do we have any? Uh, we have, yeah. yeah. Uh, do we have any callers yet, Mr. Producer? We do. First off, we got Steve from New Jersey. Steve, we've only got a few minutes left, so uh, you're on with Dave Sokol. Uh, please ask a quick question, and let's uh, let's let him answer it. Very quick, Steve. Uh, I listen to you every Saturday. I enjoy your program. Uh, question posed for you and your guest: um, uh, I see people discretionary spending. The airline airplanes are full. People seem to be absorbing the price of fuel and uh, other things that are staples in our lives. So with with the talk of uh, inflation, how long do you guys think this will continue in a seemingly euphoric world of discretionary spending before people start tightening up and, and it hits a wall? Thank you. Well, I'll take it's a good question. I'll take a whack at it, and then David, I love your analysis. I think what's happening right now is people are digging into their savings and they are raising up their credit card debt to pay the bills because their paychecks are not going up as fast as the as the inflation. And I worry that that uh, you know story is going to have an unhappy ending. But what is your take on that? Yeah, I think there's two things, Stevie. I, I, w- I was around and graduating from college in 1978 and watched inflation affect everybody in the Midwest. And, and, and I saw some of the same things then that you're seeing now, which is people thinking they can get ahead of inflation by spending now. And you yep. end up with a, a cycle that, um, yep. that doesn't end well. And uh, what the government's got to do is tighten monetary po- policy, slow the yep. economy to an extent, get interest rates where they need to be, and people need to also, you know, not only is government overspent, people have had a tendency to over leverage, you know, at home as well. And, and, and it's just going to take some time. And unfortunately, it's going to be uh, a little painful. But what you can't do is what the government, you know, what, what this administration wants to do is just throw more money. Um, and, and, and their interest in doing that has one reason, and that's to get through the fall elections and hopefully not lose as many seats. That's not good government. Uh, well put, David Sokol. Um, it's been a, just a privilege to have you on. Can, can we have you on in another few weeks? And, you know, we had, there are 100 questions I wanted to ask you. We didn't have enough time to get to them. But the new book, uh, remind people what the it's uh, American Renewal. What's what's the title of the book? American, American Perspective, uh, uh, Adam Brandon and I. And you can get it either through FreedomWorks dot org or through Amazon. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's really just a, an effort to get us back to the basics. Yep, it's a great it's a great read, folks. It's a it's important uh, a prescription for how we fix this country, and boy, do we need it. David, you're a hero of mine. Thanks for coming on, folks. Um, this is uh, the More Money Show. I appreciate everyone's attention. I want to leave you all with this thought that if we don't get the government under control, it's becoming a hydra monster. And it is causing all of the problems that we're facing with, with uh, higher inflation, a stock market crash. Uh, the, the distress of our small businesses. We have to get back to the principles of this country of a limited government that does not take from the people who earn the money. This was something that George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, Ronald Reagan, uh, so many of our great Americans have warned about for the last 250 years, that we have to have a government that is responsive to the American people. And right now, frankly, it is not. It is, as, as Reagan used to say, government isn't the solution. Government is the problem. And when you have a national debt, 
that is now well over $25 trillion, when you have a federal budget that is now over $6 trillion a year, $6 trillion, when you have the government wasting and admitting that they're wasting hundreds and hundreds of billions of dollars a year, when you have our schools that are not teaching American history and American greatness, when you have crime in the streets in our major cities so that people can't function in cities, can't go out at night, that's not what America is about. We can fix these problems. I know we can. We need better leadership. We need better leaders. And we need Americans to get involved in fixing our country. Let's all play our part because this is a critical time for our country. We will get out of this. We always do. We are America. This is the More Money Show, folks. Thanks so much for listening. I'll be back same time next week. Have a great weekend, everyone, on WABC. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.